Hello, my name is Sarah and I am your Chakra Coach. On this podcast, we'll be exploring how the chakra system can guide you to grow your emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual wellness, leading you closer to your highest self. Hi there, everyone. I hope you are having an amazing day and week. Today, we are doing something a little different. We're not going to be talking about chakras as much as usual. Instead, we're going to talk about something that I know a lot of you are interested in and would like to know more about. Spirit guides. Honestly, this is not my area of expertise by any stretch of the imagination, but I am fascinated by the topic. I don't I don't really know what to think. So I'm still learning. So, when I connected with my guest today, Drew Kelly, I thought that you all might like to hear from him as well. Drew is a psychic medium, and I don't want to give too much away because he does a great introduction of himself in the interview, but he was born with these abilities to know things beyond knowing and to connect with energies and entities outside of our normal senses. And like a lot of people, he wasn't really raised in an environment that had words to describe those sensations. So he just kind of suppressed all thoughts of those things until he just couldn't ignore them anymore. Now, sadly, so much of the time that happens through trauma, and Drew is not an exception. That does make him uniquely suited, though, to help guide people who are also struggling with trauma and loss. Now, He's the founder of the Cali Center in New Jersey, where he does readings, medium sessions, Reiki healing, and also offers in-depth courses on how to develop your own abilities. And today, he's sharing three ways to start connecting to your spirit guides and receiving their messages. I hope you enjoy it. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, Drew. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Excellent. Thank you very much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Well, today we're talking about three ways to connect and get guidance from your spirit guides. But before we do that, I'd love to know just a little bit about you, like who you are. How did you get to the point where you're connecting with your spirit guides? Just tell us about you. So, um, I guess for me, I didn't know that I had these abilities and I don't say this because it sounds all esoteric and good, but these are merely abilities. And I feel like when I share them with other people, they become gifts. And I mean that because it keeps, it keeps a very humble grasp on what I do. I don't believe, I always joke um, in a way that 
uh, I curse like a truck driver sometimes. I don't float and I don't have a bad phone to God. You know, um, and I think that putting people on a pedestal that do this kind of work can be dangerous because the responsibility becomes mine instead of the person's. So I take what I do very seriously, but I don't take myself that seriously. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I kind of have to because I'm dealing with everything from divorce, d- disease, death, devastation, um, et cetera. So um, for me, you know, I'm Irish and Italian, so you couldn't get any more from a Catholic background. And I was born in New Jersey. My father was in law enforcement and my mom was um, an artistic um, delight, but mostly a homemaker. And so we didn't grow up like with tarot cards or I don't remember seeing spirits. I just remember, you know, about the age of like 12, 13, 14, being very curious about where do we come from? And if I wasn't here, where would I be? <laughs> and it used to annoy the, you know, the heck out of my mom. And, um, you know, I would just, I was just very, um, as much as I was an extrovert and an athlete and all of this stuff, um, there was this, this whole other side of me that was more abstract and musical. And I loved playing music and sitting in my room and figuring out guitar and things like that. And I like to do things my own way. So, <clears throat> you know, and I grew up in a household that was, a, it was a very harsh household. So I didn't really want to come home a lot after the age of like 13. So I ended up getting into, um, you know, I got addicted to drugs and alcohol young and it didn't really display itself until my twenties. So after high school, I went to California for a little bit. I came back, nothing had to do with anything psychic. Psychics and mediums were people that you went to on the Jersey shore boardwalk when you had a couple beers, you got your palm red, you know, and we're like, all right, thank you. And then you walk away dismissing it, even though sometimes it was pretty good. Yeah. But um, it was a novelty. Totally. Totally. And if it was mm-hmm. real, it definitely wasn't for this guy. <laughs> it was, it was for, you know, someone else. And, um, and they, and I assumed if you're a psychic or a medium or a psychic medium that you just knew everything, you were just like a walking Oracle with like stuff that other people couldn't see. And someone would sit down with you. You just know everything. So, um, in my twenties after nine 11, I went into the service and I got hurt overseas. I came back and I got even more addicted to, uh, pills and, I got married. I had a business. I had a normal life. And I, I, I'll back up in a minute, but I ended up getting married. We had a stillborn baby girl at eight months and one week, had the name, had the room painted. My mom passed of cancer. And then my brother-in-law took his own life in like 25 days after that, that loss of the child. So it just, my world from the material, which was, if I could make enough money, I'd want to leave me alone kind of thing. And I was doing very well with the business that I had. Um, I just, all of a sudden, life became very fragile. And there were questions like, would this be the hill? If I died today, would I be happy with what I did with my life? And the answer was no. And, you know, in short order, I started doing therapy, going to therapy, because I was going to fix my wife. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's always their fault. (laughs) So, um, you know, she, so we ended up getting this therapist that we both really liked. And I just remember the therapist asked me, like, what do you do for fun? And it, it baffled me that I couldn't answer you know I literally was just like I was 32 and I was like what do you mean you know like I work <laughs> and then what is she this asked me fun you speak of right what's this foreign matter and you know when she kind of pushed on it everything that I did I was either taking something or drinking or partying and again I wasn't walking around falling down on a Monday morning or living on the street corner but I, inter, outside everything looked good. Inside I was dying, 
I was emotionally and spiritually bankrupt. So I ended up getting sober and I ended up doing that with the help of a 12 step program, which I'm still in today and super grateful for that. So my spirituality and my sobriety are very parallel. Um, and if, and I remember after I started having this awakening, someone asked me, had it ever happened to you before? Yes. I was 22. I was dating someone. And I remember she put her hand on mine and we started talking and I started talking about her dad. And I just remember it was like this warm breeze that like came through me. And as I started talking about her dad, she said, Joe, I never told you that. And she started like kind of getting upset. And I'm like, I remember we just went to a play in the city and uh, I think I was drinking a beer and I was like, what, what do you mean? Like, I just didn't even understand it. And I totally forgot about it because it kind of freaked me out. So coming back to where I was, my sister during all this time was really into psychics and she also has these abilities. She was like, listen, you got to talk to this psychic. And I remember being like, yeah, I'm pretty good. I think I'm good. You know, and she was just like, just talk to the psychic. I'm like, all right, all right. So I talked to the psychic and um, and it was like a hotline psychic. She used a fake name. She told me her fake, but she told me her real name. So I kind of liked that because I, I didn't know that I was using the, that intuitive muscle my entire business career because I don't have a formal education in business. I wasn't using analytics. Everything was pretty much gut oriented and we pretty much were, were crushing it from the, the industry I was in. So, um, you know, and all I heard about was feminine energy and, you know, that it's this, it's that, but I just believe there's so much more to this. And so anyway, this psychic said to me, Drew, you're going to do this work. And I remember, I remember just thinking like, this, well, it's cracked. And that 80% of what she got was absolutely correct. But I was looking at the 20% she didn't get right or that didn't really fit at the time. One of those things was, she's like, I know you co-signed a, a lease for a car for somebody who works for you and they're going to default in April. And I remember being like, wow, that was good. Like, I never told anybody that, that I did co-sign people's cars that worked for me at the time. And that, um, and he did, he defaulted in April, at the end of April. And I was like baffled. So, um, but anyway, you know, she, said, you're going to do this work. And she kind of harped on it. And I remember being like, eh. she's like, your spirit guides are around, you know? And I'm like, I just never forget. I lived in Riverdale, New Jersey. And I'm looking around. I don't see them. Like, where are they? What are their names? You know, I'm waiting for like, you know, Lancelot to walk through the wall and be like, I'm your spirit guide. And um, she was like, well, just tonight, just meditate. Why don't you meet them? And I was like, really resistant. So she finally said to me, are you sitting next to a fireplace with a brown dog? And I was like, yeah. So it just broke down the resistance. And then I got this weird feeling like I had to do this. I meditated. I Googled how to meditate. And at the time I still smoked. So I was like smoking a cigarette, put it out. I never had this island and my feet were dangling off the chair. So everything was wrong about my meditation. There wasn't like a, you know, a sacred space. It wasn't any of that. I just sat feet dangling, closed my eyes, lit a candle, surrounded myself in my mind with white light and probably in about 10, 15 minutes, there was this depth. Uh, I started to go just beyond mind, beyond thought, like it, just to this weird space. And I, But I remember still having the conscious stream of thought where I was so skeptical. So I still remember that. And all of a sudden I saw a river floating or a river flowing into a waterfall instead of away. And for some reason that captured my mind where I was like, I was still to this day, remember where, where I was sitting and looking at and what I thought of. And I, my thought was, if this was me, I wouldn't have the river going the opposite way. And as, me, as soon as I thought that this man appears on the other side, and he started floating across the river, like towards me. And I just remember like, you know, when you look at someone in real, in, in real person, like alive, that 
your eyes like shift when you lock, you know, when you make eye contact with someone, your eyes, they could dilate, they could do whatever. And there was just that. It was very like so real that it freaked me out. And then I could feel heat and it was almost like his nose was on mine. And I got so freaked out. I took a big breath. I was like, <gasps> and I was like, I just opened my eyes and I looked at my dog, I'm like, all right, you gotta go to bed. And as <laughs> I turned around, <laughs> right. Did you feel that? So as I turned around, I saw a silhouette in the, um, uh, glass on my slider doors of exactly that man and I was just like I remember opening the door looking for his feet I couldn't see him except through the glass and I kept shutting glass and I stayed there for a couple of hours drawing it out and there were several faces that came through and would watch me their heads would move as I would walk back and forth like staring at them you know and uh, I never saw it exactly like that again but that was my first experience. And then over the next couple of days, every time I touched water, I heard this is Jonathan, you gotta call Jason. And I'd be like, no, I don't. <laughs> like, I was just so, like, I was so, so, so afraid that I was losing my mind. Uh, that I actually, mm -hmm. um, you know, went to my friend, I went to a therapist and I was like, you know, tell me that I'm losing my mind. I think I might need to go somewhere, I don't know. And, and they'd be like, what are you getting, you know? What really got me, and I say this all the time, I still, I still kind of beat this drum today, is that mediumship is not a ghost standing next to me talking. It is not that simple. If people say that, they don't really know what they're talking about. And I've worked with the best. I've learned from the best. I've traveled around the world and immersed myself in this. I lost all my money <laughs> studying this and traveling around the world to different um, places to really, really get the evidence of mediumship. And what's the, I didn't even know that all mediums are psychics. Like I was like, I don't want anything to do with that world because I didn't want to like tell people if they should, if their husband was cheating on them. I had all these preconceived notions. So when I finally accepted that it wasn't a ghost standing next to me talking and I couldn't get what I want from who I want, when I want, whenever I want, whatever you want. And I wasn't like this DJ. It got clearer, but it got harder, you know, because now to navigate that is what really the development that kind of ensued really um, helped me in tre tremendous ways. And also the development of the self, which soul just means, you know, uh, I mean, sorry, psychic just means soul. So if you have a soul, you're psychic. And I teach this on a regular basis to people that are surgeons, pediatricians, cops, um, you know, it doesn't matter. There's no, if, if someone's drawn to it, it's calling to them. It doesn't mean that they're gonna be a professional, but it's kind of like understand the first rule of thumb for me is get it out of your head that it's like a ghost walking through a wall like you see on TV. And even though I kind of saw that my first experience, I don't think that I would have believed it if I didn't see it that way. Eventually, for me, it was more like it was very subtle. And the more that I dialed into the internal, the more that I could hear it. And it was it wasn't a hearing outside of my ear. On occasion, it was. But most of the time, it was almost like thoughts that weren't mine. I could tell that someone spoke Russian, but I wouldn't know what words they got or what words they said. It was very bizarre. And, and explaining that to people, that's where the skepticism comes in, understandably so. For example, I'll end with this, is that, um, and I share this all the time, my students get annoyed because I say it so much, but I'll never forget these two ladies in Saratoga came to see me. And I, had, I knew I had like a, a mom and a daughter or something like that. And all of a sudden, I saw in my mind's eye, a baseball bat, tiny baseball bat floating into a dollhouse garage. And I just remember it was like a popsicle stick made like garage. And I just remember not being able to understand. So finally I just said, can you help me? What's with the bat in the garage? And they were like, oh my God, we killed a bat in the garage this morning. 
So it, it was understood to me that sometimes it's figurative, sometimes it's literal, and sometimes I can get, I remember getting a green apple. I, I have your grandma here and she's showing me, she's looking up at a green apple, like a tree. And they're like, well, we buried her under a Granny Smith apple tree. And I was like, oh, so it, it doesn't always mean the same thing. So to see is not to be psychic, to feel and to experience and to intuit. And I always use I-N-T-U-I-T, -T, like lean into it. The best information is from our chin to our belly button, you know, um, and the, the seeing and the hearing um, can encapsulate a better story and bring that person back to life. If it's mediumship, if it's psychic, it can really help clarify the guidance and the direction for that person. But it's not what I want, how I want it. And it's never what I expected. And in the magic is in the unexpected. So it's been an unexpected twist of events over and over. Like if you knew me 10 years ago, me and you would both laugh that I would do this work. <laughs> you know, so um, so I try to keep it as authentic and fun. Um, but for me, it's about touching the needs and the why. It's not about nailing it and getting a name every time like I used to think it was. So, um, you know, it's been interesting for sure. Yeah, it sounds very interesting. So I just so you're not like an operator at a switchboard, right? You can't plug me into whoever it is that I'm looking for it doesn't work like that is that kind of what you're saying mostly i mean on occasion if someone comes in and i'm working with them and let's say they lost like um a boyfriend six months ago and they're still really emotionally raw about it and i have like their grandmother and a father and i'm talking to them about work and we're doing some psychic work and all of a sudden i'm like you know i feel that there's another presence that i'm missing can you help me out like what what am i missing here because sometimes someone has the right to be private i don't get everything you know i get like highlights of a chapter of your book or i'll get you know, um, like a summary, or sometimes I just get keywords and I need that person's engagement or permission almost. And I like that. Like, I don't get anything unless it helps or it heals. I've never gotten anything dark. I've never gotten a spirit stuck in the dark. I've never um, felt anything evil except from the living. So, you know, being Irish <laughs> okay. and Catholic, I was looking for that. I would be like, are you good or you bad? Someone told me you have to ask that. And I was like, what if they don't answer? They're like, they're bad. I'm like, none of them answer. <laughs> That's amazing. So, yeah, so it was just a bizarre, it's, a, it's, it's an ongoing, um, unexpected experience. Yeah, I've, I have heard people say they're very frightened of spirit guides because they're afraid that they're also going to call in something demonic to use sort of a <laughs> Judeo-Christian word for it. Um, and you're saying that that's not necessarily something to worry about. That's never happened to you. No. No, I think that, you know, but we also are a product of our beliefs. So I don't dismiss other people's experiences. Um, for me, it's been more along the lines of if I can't prove it, I don't give it. Because like I did past life regressions and I, I really looked at everything. So I didn't, I didn't want to miss anything. And I was so curious and I had the money. I had the time, but I was like relentless. You know, mm. I, I wanted to know, is this BS or not? Because like, I don't want to do this unless I can find other, I spent like, thousands of dollars calling up psychic hotlines in the first two months and just letting them like read for me. And I would, some people would ask me my birth date and I'd hear them typing, you know, and they would like, give me like what a Sagittarius is or, but some people, what I noticed was would get my mom's name or a version of it with like a letter. My mom's name's Ellen, but they would get like Elizabeth or they would get an E. And so they were onto something, but they never went any further than that. Or they would say, oh, it's your spirit guide. And so I started to realize that there were people that, that had this connection 
And then there were people that had this connection that were trained and developed and really harnessed it. And there was, that was two totally different schools of the way readings happen. And I really wanted to do the latter. And um, yeah, so I mean, I think too, when I think back, I, I still would talk to people about like, I didn't, I was told you have to like open up your crown chakra, do it counterclockwise when you want to shut down. Now I'm in a grocery store thinking, this is how skeptical I am. I'm like, well, if it's counterclockwise, does that mean from the down up or the down? Like, how does that work? You know, like, very and I've had people, you, very right? <laughs> and I have people come in and we'll be meditating and they're doing this. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm trying to open my third eye. I'm like, rubbing, it's not going to work. <laughs> like, and I can't help but be a little bit of a smart ass because I need to keep it earthy and green. And I don't want to take away from somebody's process. If, the, if their belief system is that they have to uh, meditate to yoga and chant for 25 years in order to have this spiritual experience or awakening, like that's their journey, you know, and everyone's got the right to have that. But when it does come to evil and things like that, that is why I'm so happy that TV mediumship brought mediumship out of the, the dark caves and the closets into people's living rooms, because it's just not like that. It's just, it's not demonic or anything like that. I mean, um, people are like, you know, have you ever had a, a bad experience or someone? I am so focused on the needs that I only get people that, even if the person doesn't want to hear from them, there will be a healing message like a mother-in-law or a dad that didn't have a good relationship. And they'll only come because it's a triangulation. They'll only come because the recipient on some level is ready. So I've never had any kind of dark experiences, but I will say the more I was afraid, the more that I was, the more it seemed like it was there. And I had a medium come to my house because in the beginning I was like, just, I was drinking holy water. Not kidding. I was drinking holy water out of a Poland spring bottle because I was so afraid that I had this medium, a local medium, really, really talented came by and she started talking to me and she got my mom and she got someone else and she was just dead on, you know, no, no pun intended. And she sat there and she was like, do you feel that? And I'm like, yeah, what'd you do? And she's like, you're calm. And I was like, what? And she's like, when you're calm, everything's peaceful. When you're afraid, everything's frightening and freaky. And I've, ever since that day, I've never had anything uh, negative. That's, that's really interesting. I think there's a lot to be said for your mindset as you go into these kinds of things. And so I'm glad that you spoke to that. I do want to get to uh, spirit guides. And before we talk about how to connect, will you just tell us what a spirit guide is? Absolutely. So um, I wish I was in my office because I have pictures of my spirit guides. Uh, someone drew with like a, uh, in, a, in an artistic way. So spirit guides are a, let's just take a few at a time because you can have groups, you know, I've read books where, um, you know, you have five, one does your diet, nutrition, one's like your psychic, one's this. I don't believe any of that. I, I believe that your spirit guides choose your mom while you're in the womb. And then there's spirit guides that you make agreements with before you come in that are elevated beings. And then on some level, if you really look at past lives and simultaneous lives, your spirit guides might even be a future version of you. So I find that the less, the more that I learn, the more obscure guides can become. And it's like doing, it's like taking Reiki or IET. People are like, well, this is a higher vibration. And this is a higher not really. <laughs> they're the same branches. They're the same tree, different branches. So with spirit guides, what I find is my first experience was in a, in a deep meditative space 
I had this very Native American man with like this giant headdress of a bear. And it felt, I, if you asked me when I came out of there, I would be like, well, my grandfather was Native American, but I never met my grandfather on my dad's side, but he wasn't, he was Italian. And I was like, I just, it was so, it was such a loving feeling, but a very powerful one. And I just knew coming out of that, his name was Great Bear. So I never saw him again like that after, not ever. And I tried, I sat, I meditated and I asked him to come. But what I would do is every once in a while, I would get like a little bit of a tinge of a feeling of him around me in a meditation, or I would hear like a voice in my mind that is not mine. That would be like, just breathe, take it easy and just show up. Everything will be fine. And I'd be like, okay. You know, and it was like, not me thinking it was like, it was in between that or just slightly different. And again, very subtle difference. And then um, years later, my last name is Polifro. So easy to spell, right? <laughs> so I ended up, um, I didn't want, because I was working with banks and my father at the time was running for like a sheriff's position. I didn't really want to put my name out there with the, anything that had to do with psychic or medium on it. So I lost this really large group that I was going to do with a bunch of uh, hospital workers and nurses. And they were like, well, we can't work with a vendor unless you have a website. So I prayed on it for like two weeks and it wasn't like, give me this, give me that. It was like, please help me find a name that suits. Do I start another business or do I just call, use my name or do I just use my first name, Drew? And I woke up in the middle of the night and it's kind of funny. I heard like going back to Cali, Cali. And I kept seeing C-A-L-I and by me in New Jersey, they have these Mac Cali buildings. So I knew it was C-A-L-I and I don't know why. It was like two o'clock in the morning. And I remember, I remember hearing it sung like hearing LL Cool J's song. So I get up and I go and I um, Google Cali. And the first thing that came up was the constellation previously known as Great Bear. And I was like, oh. So I typed in drewcali.com and it wasn't taken. And I was like, thank you. And then that's what it's been. And it's also helped me because I, I would have never, like I have a Cali center. I would have never done like a polyphone center. Like I would have felt that was just too much ego. So me and spirit, to me, that's such a, a cool way and I, it was beyond me I would have never been able to come up with um like a different name or any of that stuff uh, it just really worked and so it it, it kind of, and that was after about two or three years before I had heard from him again since then I feel that that presence is around but I don't um I don't call to them I don't worship them I don't pray to them I pray to that divine presence that runs through all of us whatever that you know thing is for you and i just thank them for my guides and please i feel like the true definition of a spirit guide is an ambassador for that higher presence the voices of that higher presence similar to angels like el means of god so michael raphael you know any el and or you know i've heard people say well angels are you know um not spirit guides they're elevated because they've never walked the earth and blah 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 I, you know, I don't know that we know that the distinctions, what I do know, though, is I have felt different elevated energies around and these, these four or five energies that I usually work with have turned into like, there's a group of nine that I do when I do healing that I feel around, but I don't get each of their names, what they look like, what lives they lived. I don't obsess over it. And I think that if you look at the history of mediums and psychics and people that have had spirit guides, it used to be incredibly important where people would actually be like, well, my spirit guide is saying, 
And I feel today that spirit guides are here to make us our best guides. And they are come from such a place of love, honor, and humility and truth that they don't really want to be recognized. Yeah, you can acknowledge them in gratitude, but I don't feel like they want to be coming up onto the stage with you and be like, when I hear someone talk around, I go, let me ask, can you talk it out loud? Right away, I'm like, I don't know about that. You know, like it's too much of a show. And I think, um, and at the same time, I don't dismiss anything, but what I started to come to realize too is that I've seen different versions in visuals and meditations and, and while I'm healing, I get a lot of a lot from spirit guides. Um, I found that they could have different versions of themselves and you're going to get the most comfortable version for you that's going to help you trust the most in order to bring you to whatever is next. So if somebody's Catholic, you probably, you know, they're going to get the Jesus, the Archangel Michael, the Mary, the biblical figures. I get Padre Pio a lot, um, you know, things like that. And because I'm comfortable with that. And to, to be honest, I had to call my aunt and be like, who's this guy with a beard that prays a lot? <laughs> so I just, you know, I think that for us to figure out spirit guides, it's more about what resonates with you personally, because for me, it was Eastern philosophy. So I got this, you know, Native American, but then I've had these other guides that are more like monks or one is like this, and it's going to sound crazy, I'll say it. It's like this bluish color, no hair, and it's a head. And I'll literally get, it's like a pendulum and I'll get like, or this, or I'll get, or I'll even get you know, a little shrug, a little eye roll yeah. in there. And they'll point to the nose if it's no. And if I'm not listening, I'll get this. And it'll be like, you're not listening. But that took like seven, eight years to like kind of understand and develop, you know. Mm. Um, but I don't ask for every single thing. What does my spirit guide think anymore? In the beginning, I did. So I think it's one of those things that people think they need to have these spirit guides in order to do this work or in order to expand. But my suggestion would be as you step into it, trust that they're already guiding you. And when, when you're ready or when they feel that you need them to present themselves, they will. Do you think that everyone has spirit guides then? I do. I do. And there are people that could be a doctor. I have people that are pediatricians, uh, surgeons, therapists, psychiatrists on my courses. And um, I, there, there's no way that some of what they do is not led. And I'm not saying that we don't use our minds and we don't, we're, we're not uh, in charge of us at all, like spirit guide, we're just puppets or anything like that. I don't believe that at all either. I, I think that us finding balance in that is important. And it's the same thing. It's as elusive as, you know, connecting with, with as a medium, you know, when I want my spirit guides guidance, um, there are certain things I can do, but no answer is, is common. And then it comes at an unexpected time when I'm not looking for it just when I need it, you know, um, not when I want it. So I, I think um, everybody has spirit guides. Everybody looks at them differently. Some people might recognize only angels. So their spirit guides um, might be led by an angel or might represent themselves as an angel. Like who really knows, you know? And, and I think I've had people be like, you know, almost like competitive with their spirit guide. Well, I have like elevated, like they're from like Arcturus. And I'm like, okay. You know, like, it's not like an argument you can have logically. Sure. I also would imagine that on say the non-physical plane that we live on appearance and names and such are 
far less important. And then therefore they're somewhat malleable to come to us in whatever form serves us best at the time that they arrive, I would imagine. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. I think that the names to them are kind of silly. We want to personalize everything or personify. Same sure. thing with like, um, you know, uh, I, I feel like that's similar to that God presence. You know, people are like, is it a man, is it a woman? And I'm thinking like, you know, does it have to be a gender? You know, I, I think right. it's always an interesting, we, we always kind of want to make what's comfortable for us, but they know that. And I don't think that they, they, I think that a spirit guide ultimately wants you to have the highest potential of, of this life that you can have or live into the highest potential. Absolutely. That you can. I mean, I feel like there would be more compassion and love there. So if we need uh, a physical form, a name, a gender, whatever, you know, humans simply, we just love to categorize people. We just love to say, now I know the things that define you. And that wouldn't, be a being that has definition the way we think of definition. So it would be a gift that they're giving us so that our brains can understand what we're experiencing. Is that kind of? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. I think too, like, even like we were talking earlier, you know, spirit guys, if you look back in the 1850s, 1800s, 1850s, people, the spirit guides were a very important part because people didn't want to believe that if you didn't have anybody, to, if, if the, the term of a spirit guide wasn't involved, people really didn't trust that person or that trance medium or whatever. Um, and I mean, even presidents were having these seances and things. And I think oh, that yeah. over time, what started to happen is people got so obsessed with spirit guides and with the way they presented themselves that ego started kicking in and also claims to, you know, my spirit guide says this, and it becomes almost like another deity. And that was not what I think they intended. So I feel like in the last 50 years, hundred years, they really kind of peeled that back and they'll give us just enough to show us they're there, but they, they're like definitely background music and not because that that's their, uh, what their uh, it, like importance is or their priority is, but that's what they prefer so that we don't get caught up in that. Because I've seen people where they just pray to their spirit guide. And it's a little odd. Like, I don't know that I would even want my spirit guide with some of the relationships I've seen that people are seeking. It is hard. People, people feel lost. And if it seems like there's somebody there that could give you a step-by-step -step direction on what to do in life and how to feel better, you know, we would, we would reach out and try to rely on that. Whereas a guide perhaps is a, a is just that it's a guide on the side, not a sage on the stage, as we say in <laughs> yoga. <laughs> yeah, um, I love that. And I think too, though, it, you know, Spirit guides are not here to live our lives for us or make decisions for us. They're here to um, help us make the best decisions for us and help us, you know, gain clarity. But I also feel like sometimes, you know, it's like being in recovery. A perfect example is like, I wasn't going to get better until I hit my emotional bottom or my bottom. And some people have a different bottom. Some people, you know, won't really become spiritual until they lose a child. You know, I deal with a lot of different grief groups. They won't even look in this direction because it never had any interest because it didn't serve them. Um, and then there's other people that are more inclined towards this, or, you know, I'll have people that, um, you know, I've heard all sorts of different versions of it. And I can't say any of them are wrong or right, as long as it helps enhance your life and it makes you happier and more whole, then nobody can take away from it. You know, I just think that 
if you don't know your spirit guide's name and haven't heard it out loud, that doesn't mean that you're less spiritual or, you know, less worthy than someone else. And I definitely feel like when it comes to um, doing the work that I do, it doesn't mean because I'm more elevated. It might mean because I'm more challenged, <laughs> like that I have to like, you know, so I try not to kind of make our world's view their worldview. Yeah, I don't see how it possibly could be. Like their experience of what we're experiencing must be very different. Uh, yeah, I try to remember uh, for myself and for anyone that asks, you know, everyone is on a path. Just because you don't recognize their path doesn't mean that that path isn't, doesn't exist for them and it's going to look different than yours. So we can um, really be very open to everyone's experiences. So let's get into it. Let's talk. What are, we said three ways that we can start really finding or getting in touch or opening ourselves to our spirit guides. Tell me about that. Yeah. So my first one is, you know, and, and I was thinking on this and I feel like, you know, I've read tons of information on, on what to do. I've read, I've done things, um, literally where I light a candle, I turn around three times and I write the color, you know, like and get this archangel to come to me. And like, I tried everything. I even had somebody tell me to put milk and honey out for my fairy guide. And I did, I did, I swear to God. And for like three days, I'm like, it's not going down. Maybe uh, something's wrong. Like, I really, really like tried so many things. And the, the three things that I would say are, are the major components of, of my repertoire when it comes to the, con the, the connection, not conversation. Because even mediumistically, it not being a ghost, it's the same thing with the spirit guide. It's not necessarily conversation, although it can be at times. So meditation is, is the number one. And I would say that, um, and I, I work with a lot of people through my butterfly series course and things like that over 21 weeks or over a year of a mentorship where the meditation is such an important part because we become, we become more receptive to that spiritual language. So you know, to feel is to know is the closest thing to know. Um, and I think that if people are taking a mental journey into a space of a meditation and they're going to go meet their spirit guide and their brain is anticipating meeting their spirit guide, you're not really going to meet your spirit guide, you know, um, or you're going to come out with a lot of questions because you're going to go, did I anticipate that? Did I create that? So um, as a facilitator of, of meditations, a lot of times in the middle, I'll be like, and there's a guy that presents themselves like totally unexpectedly, or, you know, there is an animal that you see and that represents your spirit guide because it can be animals too. Mm -hmm. So I find that meditation, meditation, meditation is, is really important. And I would say the only way to learn how to meditate is to meditate. You know, like people, Absolutely. Call the book. people go, I, like, what book can I, I read? I'm like, you, I don't know. No, you can't do meditation wrong, right? Like just, right. just do it. Like, and you know, they talk about in the Eastern philosophies, Buddhism and Hinduism, about the intellectual experience and then the experienced experience, yeah. right? Like the, the, that direct experience doesn't come from the book learning. Absolutely. Uh, and that, and it's and I think so also hard because in America, we're very I was just going to say that like, <laughs> in our civilization, like people are like, well, what am I going to get from it? So I'm very conscious. All I do is my intention is I sit here to blend with you to meaning you meaning my spirit team uh we all have a spirit team my loved ones my guardian angels my the higher ups the healers the elevated beings the ones we don't even understand all the way up but i think it's healthy to always go right to the source and then 
let everything else fall where it's going to be. Um, and I sit with the intention of I'm open, show me how this works. Um, those kinds of intentions that are a little bit pliable and open are probably healthier, but the, no matter what, what I tell people is just sit for 12 minutes every day, put chimes on your phone, just sit in the quiet and oh, I can't stop thinking. Well, that's good. That's okay. Like acknowledge your thoughts. Imagine them like a linear circus passing through the brain. Acknowledge them, accept them, let them go because resistance is persistence. So if you kind of can get into that space, that's a little bit beyond thought, beyond mind, beyond self, you know, on occasion, you'll get that magic in the middle where you'll just be aware of somebody. And sometimes it's your grandma. You know, um, and I will say that a lot of people ask me, can my mom or my dad or my daughter be my spirit guide? What I would say is they might be a helper as part of your, as part of your team, because that is where your comfort is. You know, you will feel completely reassured with your so-and-so there. But I wouldn't want like my mom necessarily to be my spirit guide. You know, like we would probably, we probably have these more elevated beings around but again, they don't need the attention. And I don't know that they even make sense to us if we did see them, you know? So if we're talking like really, so I think meditation and allowing yourself, even if it took, I've had people that have worked with me for, you know, a couple of years and it took them like two, three, four, five, six months before they really got into like that meditative practice and they could sit for 20 to 30 to 40 minutes. And all of a sudden they'll just be aware of a spirit guide. They weren't looking for it anymore. And so that's the thing that I would say is, is meditate and allow yourself to get to know you so that through you and that inner self and the higher self, you get to know your team because by demanding it mentally and not getting it in a week, that's like a little kid in kindergarten stamping their feet because they didn't get the crayons, you know, and like, we don't look at it like that, but that's how spirit will look at it. Like there are people that meditate for years and they're not looking for anything. And then all of a sudden they're aware of a spirit guide or, you know, they're aware of a, a relative or of, an, uh, of something that, or they've been aware of it for a long time, but they've never said it out loud. And then they get numbers and like at 1111, you know, all the time or 911 or whatever the case is, you know, dates and numbers can, can be a part of that. But I feel like it's rooted in the meditative experience. And if you allow that to be the seed, there's a whole garden of ways they can present themselves to you because now you're more receptive. And when you get that synchronicity, you're not going to dismiss it as easily because you're in that you've, you've touched home inside in that meditative space a little bit more. Does that make sense? It 100% makes sense to me. And meditation is my go-to for everything. I joke. I'm like, oh, you broke your leg? Meditate. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's, you know, kind of an extreme example, but yes. And sort of separating ourselves from what could be considered the transactional nature of meditation um, and letting go of expectations with meditation. And I think that's what you're saying is the number one step would be letting go of the results, you know, just. Yeah. We can't be in control of the outcome. Yeah. You can't control the outcome. So let it go and let what comes come when it comes. Right. And if you put in, if you, if you're willing to put in the effort, no matter what, you, I guarantee you spirit guides will present themselves to you over a period of time, not how you want, not when you want, not the way you want and not who you want to be your spirit guide, but you will have a sense of being guided um, by this, these, these powers that be that may or may not make sense to you, but you will understand it's not you. That's so and funny. That's, that's I always say, I always say to people, I'm like, the how is not your business. 
<laughs> how it happens is not your business. The universe will take care of that. Absolutely. So. And if I wanted, if I got everything I wanted, I'd probably be dead. Or I'd be miserable. Oh, very, very unhappy if we got everything we wanted. We're very foolish sometimes in what we want. I know I am. I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but sometimes I'm just like, oh my goodness, if I got that, my life would be terrible. And you don't realize it at the, in the moment when you're feeling the disappointment for not getting what you want. No, so meditation. Work, yeah. If you do healing, 100%. if I do a lot of healing work, I'll have people look back and be like, okay, over the, over like the last five years, 10 years, 20 years, look at the hard, hard spots within your life. Now, you don't really don't feel like you were guided through that because you really can look back and go, it's weird. I left a job that I don't know why I would have left, but then this other opportunity came up and it opened up this. And then I met my husband and it's like, you know, there's always this precursor to the step, to the step, to the step. And we're just looking at that last shiny, you know, star instead of all the work that we did to get there and all the work that spirit did to get us there. So I always feel like that's important. Uh, it absolutely is just, I once not too long ago, didn't get a job that I really, 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 really wanted. And I just thought that was the end all be all of things. And looking back, if I had gotten that job, there's no way I would have started this podcast. And this is one of the best things I do with my life now, but that. it would never have happened without that without that huge disappointment. So I, I think that's very interesting. Okay. So meditation, number one, yeah. love it. Number so two. The, the other one would be um, prayer. And I prayer. don't mean mechanical prayer, although, you know, being Irish and Italian and coming from a Catholic background, and I'm not religious at all, um, but I am very, obviously very spiritual. But I would say that because my, the lens with which I saw my first version of anything that was otherworldly was Catholicism, that I do this kind of rosary mantra. And I don't do it because I'm, um, I do it because it gets me to that sacred space. It doesn't matter to me what people believe. It matters to me, you know, because it literally chemically changes your brain. So when I'm, when, and sometimes it's meditation and prayer to me go hand in hand. Prayer is this kind of, um, building up a resonance or a mantra within and building up a dialogue to that higher presence that runs. And I believe that that God presence runs through us, from us, to us, so that life happens for us. It's not outside of us, but we can't do it alone. We have to be around other people and be humble enough to, or get humbled in order to ask for help so other people can shine the mirror back to us and show us that the light still is within us. So prayer to me kind of is that. And the reason I bring that up um, separate from meditation because uh, to me they go hand in hand is that i don't pray for my spirit guides to come i pray that i have a positive attitude today that i handle my day with whatever comes my way the best of my abilities maybe even with a sense of humor with um come from a place of love and honor and truth regardless of whether it's i like it or not and i kind of it's it's an enhancement tool for me like i always joke we're gonna wake up humble i have to pray for that you know, and, or, or I will be humiliated into humility, into humility. Um, and, you know, I think it, it's a little tricky, but what I would say is you pray your way into a space where you feel like, and it takes me anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes. And I pray, it's almost like this inner mantra. And I whisper, I don't even, you wouldn't hear me if you were sitting next to me, but my lips are moving like, and I'm sometimes holding beads or I just have my hands and I count on my fingers. Mm -hmm. And it kind of just keeps my brain from thinking. 
So it's a little bit different than meditation, but the chemistry in our brain definitely changes scientifically. It's scientifically proven. So when I do that for a period of time, and then I just sit in that quiet presence, a little bit different than meditation, I just sit in that quiet presence for a minute. I open my eyes and I write out a question on a piece of paper. And I just take that question on that piece of paper and I put it in my pocket. And I don't look for an answer right there. I just sit with it. Right. And what happens is I've learned to ask much better questions and also to, I learned how my guides connect with me. So this could be a really good tool for people where, you know, should I move to California? You know, um, is it in my best interest or will it, you know, but if you, if I, cause I can make a one part question seven, you know, I, right. can compli- I can complicate a glass of water. Like, does you cold lemon ice, no ice glass, you know? So I, I try to keep things really simple. So praying my way into a state of total relaxation where I'm not thinking or expecting, and then writing out a question, putting it in my pocket and just sitting with it for the day, or even put it to your heart and just breathe into it, you know? And one extra tool within this is as I breathe in or out, if I breathe, if I ask a question and I hold that to my heart and I breathe in and I breathe out, I've done this before where I'm like, yeah, give me a yes or no. And a no is when my breath goes down and when my breath goes up, it's a yes. But I've even done that and I'll feel like that's coming more from me than spirit. So I'll put it back in my pocket and then I kind of hang on to it. And sometimes um, I have to, I have a little um, drawer full of little pieces of paper. Um, sometimes they don't get answered and I forget all about them. And then I'll go back and look and there's not one question in there that has been answered. Mm. You know, it just doesn't happen consciously. And I do feel like when we're meditating, so maybe do all of this, you know, when we're meditating, I feel like we're touching that space that's beyond the conscious mind. So we're sponging in that super conscious, subconscious, greater consciousness, whatever, collective consciousness. And so when we're going through our life consciously, we're just more adept in accepting these things and kind of moving on. And then when I look back, I'm like, oh, that was answered. So it's a very cool. And on occasion, sometimes I'll be talking to someone. I'll be like, hey, Drew, are you going to move to California? You know, and I'll be like, that's so weird. You're asking me why are you asking me that? You know, like sometimes people will be your response, but only after you set the intention from that heart space and that God space. So that Absolutely. would be my other way. And, and you can vary the way that you do that a lot. But the thing, the key is to not have a demand for right now, because I have gotten answers right then and there. But if the whole time I'm meditating, it's like, give me what I want. Give me what I want. Give me what I want. You know, it took me years to get to the point where I don't have that demand. So that I can sure. get the answer. And sometimes no answer is the answer. It's like, wait, just wait. Yeah, patience. You, you, you don't patience. know yet. Yeah. And I don't I do know think- is probably the most spiritual place to live. Oh yeah. Well, certainly because there are so many, many things we don't know, <laughs> just uh, especially about non-physical realms. Um, I just, a little clarification. Do you pray to a specific uh, deity? Do you pray to a being? I pray to the universe and to I pray, I pray through me as like a beacon. That's mm-hmm. what, how I prayer to me is like, this is the vibe that I'm, the frequency I'm putting out today is I want to come from a place of humility, um, from spirituality and from love. But mostly for me, um, 
truth, humility, and growth don't always feel good. So, well, no, <laughs> right. So, that's, so, but those that's are how you what know I you're doing for. it right. Right. And those are what I strive for, like getting more comfortable being uncomfortable. And, and for me also my, you know, my program of recovery is a really big part of that for me, you know, and I constantly am around people that are pushing the envelope in ways that they would have never done before. Cause my default will be like, give me what I want now. How do I get more from you than you're going to get from me without you knowing it? That's my business default in my twenties. Is like, mm. you know, like, how do I do that? How do I do that without you knowing it? How do I get, and, you know, for me, it starts with when my spiritual condition is starting to weaken, it's the little things when, when nobody's looking, do you actually, you know, when you miss the garbage can, do you pick it back up? You know, do you put the garbage cart, do you put the uh, grocery cart away when nobody's looking, when you go to the parking lot, you know? So like it's little things, or if I start doing white lies in between, I start giving a lot of because or a lot of reasons why I'm late or I can't do this or I can't do that. It's like, you know, my mind can start making excuses, but I have to get, I can't be in that mindset if I want to really be working with spirit guides and with spirit. I have to just, you know, be in it and own it, bad or good, you know? And I think that's, that's a big key component. So there's a lot of undercurrents and undertones to these techniques, if you will, working, but um, it doesn't mean like if you're, you've lived your life the same way, you know, you're in your fifties or sixties, your husband passed, you're really angry, you're bitter. And you meditate that a spirit guide can't come and visit you because that happens. Sure. You know, people have these miraculous instantaneous experiences, but then what happens after is key because most people will be looking for that visit again. Otherwise they're going to be like, Oh, they left me, you know, and they feel abandoned. So, you know, I think that they, they are very purposeful with how, when, and why they show themselves because, you know, if they don't show up again, then what? People feel abandoned or they're like, it's not working, you know? So we have to get very comfortable with who we are, how we are, where we are, as we are. Sure. Meditation and prayer are really tools that we can use to put ourselves in the space where a guide can come to us, where we're receptive to any messages that might appear. Would you say that's sort of what yeah, you're saying? Absolutely. Excellent. Um, and then your third my third one is going to sound so simple. I love simple. It's, it's a two in one walking and talking. So for some reason, when I walk or walk jog and used to be a big runner, um, you know, when we change our, you know, there's a saying like move a muscle, change a thought when our physiology starts to become changed and our blood is flowing. And especially if I'm walking in the morning, it doesn't really matter though. And I'm walking out like the first 10 minutes, I'm like, I don't want to do this, man, my dog, you know? And then I'm like, this is good. This is good. And like my, my attitude starts to shift a bit. So while I'm walking and I have earpods, you know, I have uh, earbuds in or something a lot, but a lot of times I'll go, I'll go with nothing. And I just want to be with like, you know, nature, whatever you want to call it. If you can get out in nature, that's even better. And I lived up in Saratoga Springs for a number of years and there were just trails everywhere. And this is where I would speak to God or I'd speak to my spirit guides. So as I'd walk, I would kind of just begin thinking about things or kind of trying to see things from the outside in unemotionally. And I would say things like, can you please show me this week or next week, like what I'm supposed to do with this person? Should this person still be working with me? Or should I take this opportunity? Can you please let me know? And I'd be like, I'll do whatever you want. Like I'm almost having a conversation out loud because there's a vibrational frequency of, of speaking out loud 
like chanting and yoga, like Kundalini or anything like that. Like I do believe that walking and just, I, and I'm not talking about walking down the street, having a full on blown like argument with nobody. I'm just talking about, you know, kind of walking and being like, can you please show me how this works again? Because I, I think I'm forgetting and I'm, I'm starting to feel disconnected. Can you please help me today? Please help me. I'm, I'm here. I'm listening. I'm open. You know, whatever you need me to do, I'm here. And then I'll just start walking. And what starts to happen is this inner dialogue begins with the universe or with God, with spirit, with our guides, with our loved ones, with yourself. And I feel like um, it changes the dynamic of, it's almost like all of a sudden, like something will come out of me that I wasn't even aware of. A, a resentment or I'm angry about this or a trigger. Like there's weird things all of a sudden I'll be like, cause I really don't like that this person's talking to me like that. And I'll be like, oh wow, I sound like a two-year-old, you know? And I have to like acknowledge some of this. So really getting to the truth while I'm walking and talking is, is super important. And I feel like, cause I've literally had this happen sometimes more often walking than not. And especially since COVID. Um, because I got very sedentary and I was sick for a while. So I had to take like prednisone for like five months and I gained all this weight and then my ankles were swelling up. So I couldn't get out and do what I wanted to do. So when I did, it would be like when I got out of the house and out of that energy, you know, and, and I could save my whole house. It didn't matter. You know, when I would walk down the street, all of a sudden I'd be like, yeah, you should take that job. I'm like, okay. it was just like almost like beyond behind my ear and everyone's got a different space for where that comes from some people and i'll say i always say this like when i'm teaching like if someone closes their eyes and they're looking at me what color do you get what color comes to you and then when they say this it's like okay did you see it hear it feel it or just get it because that's how spirit speaks to you right now and that can change and you can get all of them but that's how spirit speaks to you so when i'm walking and talking out loud I get it almost through like the back of my right ear. It's like through my shoulder. So it's kind of like a heart space, like head space, but it's not that part of my brain where I think of a pink elephant. It's not that part. It's Mm -hmm. just beyond that part that I can't really control. So walking and talking, I know it sounds gray, but it's, it's really one of those things where I don't set my intention to go talk to my spirit guides. I set my intention to just go get balanced and I just go out for a walk and, um, you know, a little bit into it, I start kind of getting more positive. My attitude shifts a little bit, pray and walk and then start having a conversation. But those out loud words every once in a while, you know, uh, obviously if you're on a track or you're on a treadmill in your house, you might not want to do that. You know, be like, what are you talking about? You you know, husband like me, like what? (laughs) you know so um but i i do feel that the walking and that either inner mantra inner dialogue with spirit or literally externalizing it to kind of give it power and someone told me early on my mediumship who i really trust as a tutor really incredible medium told me that uh he believed that giving uh voice to thought or to our reasoning of of what our intentions are actually enhanced it by like more than a third so i don't know where you got the number but it does make sense to me so that would be that's one absolutely of the true we talk all the time on this show about the power of the throat chakra the and that what happens with the your inner dialogue and your outer dialogue is your conversation with the universe you are constantly in a conversation with the universe whether you realize it whether you're doing it intentionally or not so being very 
uh, mindful about what you say and the dialogue that happens in your head. And I think what you're saying is getting out and taking that walk and getting the body balanced and the, your energy balanced, and then having the conversation puts you in a good place to both give and receive the information that gets filtered and, and purified in that chakra area. I love it. And just real quick, one of the cool things is for people that can't meditate or that won't because they say they can't, but really they're just really uncomfortable with who they are sitting in the quiet. Um, and they can't. And who's that. not sometimes? Right. Who's not right. sometimes but, uncomfortable with who they are? <laughs> but I feel like acknowledging that is part of the power that we have to kind of sit through um, in order to get to the other side of it and kind of hear the truth. Um, but for some people that just absolutely cannot sit quiet or they have a busy house, the walk can be a meditation and a prayer at the same time. And, you know, I've done all three of these in one morning and it's been extremely helpful for me, these three tools, and I've done each of them separately and I get very clear guidance when I need it the most, not when I want it. I think that's one of the most important things that's come out of this is that the guidance will come to you when you need it. And what we want is not always what we actually need, right? right? Like we know that about children. Sometimes they want things, but that's not what they need. They want a cookie. They, but they don't need a cookie. And a spirit guides can kind of be like the adults in our relationship. They can. They are. They're the spiritually mature ones. Right. Absolutely. And as we're all individually kind of going down our paths sometimes it's a struggle sometimes it feels very easy if we allow them and don't demand things if we don't have a tantrum about what we want then we'll get what we need because in the end they're very giving loving beings that really only have our best interests in mind absolutely and can i say one thing please never, they never punish us they are not mm-hmm. it is not a fear-based thing and that's why I don't surround myself with white light every morning because that would be in fear I have to trust more that I'm looked after supported just like you are just like everyone is looked after supported protected that anything that was out there that was trying to get us or whatever I have to trust in that love and in the power of that trust more than the fear of something breaching that so to me the dialogue with that spiritual side of life does all that for me. Helps with the fear. We can, it's very easy to simply be acting in fear all the time. The world can feel very scary, especially if you don't come from a stable place, even prayer, everything can feel very scary. And there are a lot of religious traditions that, that do use a lot of fear to control their, constituents their congregations or whatnot so it's it's not unusual for people to feel a lot of fear and in my opinion i think that the meditation and mantra and things like that help to quell that fear help to balance it and help open you to the love which really is the the temperance to to the fear that can be very present drew this has been just an absolutely fascinating conversation i appreciate you so very much thank thank you you for being here I, I am just fascinated by this topic and I honestly don't know a whole lot about spirit guides. So this has been truly enlightening. Where can listeners find out more about you and what you do? You mentioned a couple of courses. Tell, tell me. 
Yes. Yeah, so drewcali.com, D-R-E-W-C-A-L-I.com. On there, I have uh, events and classes. I do readings. I do soul sessions, which is a two-hour session of a reading and a Reiki session or energy work, spiritual healing, trance healing, and um, guided meditation. I do a lot of meditations on a Monday nights. I do meditations. So I have this ongoing butterfly series. The butterfly series is kind of um, inspired through my mom's passing and at the end, when we spread our ashes, a butterfly came and everyone's got their own symbols. That's another way spirit guides can connect with us, birds, um, animals, butterflies, ladybugs, etc. And, um, you know, I started this course and called it Awakening Intuition. And it started to develop into everyone from doctors, police officers, to just regular, you know, people that were curious, not necessarily people that were going to go open up a psychic shop. And they started kind of becoming, what I started to notice is that they were having breakthroughs in their own self-awareness and enhancing the self more so than anything that I'd ever done before. And I just found it fascinating. So I teach this course called the Butterfly Course. It's 21 weeks and it's every Tuesday night online. And then after that, and the next one is January 4th, it starts. It's every Tuesday. Uh, on occasion, there's a break in there. And I have a, a host of, I have a Cali Center Mediums that finished Butterfly Series courses and a mentorship. So we all mix together. And what we do is we go through chakras, go through colors, we go through auras, we play with oracle cards, pendulums, and I give them the skeleton key to a lot of doors to understanding their intuitive prowess, whether they believe they have it or not. And literally by the end of the course, everyone's doing a little bit of mediumship. And then there's an intermediate course after that. None of that I advertise, but the butterfly course is a really... Um, large gateway to a whole community of people that I work with. Um, and I do teach Reiki one and two certifications online and in person. And um, you can find everything pretty much at drewcali.com, but also on Facebook at I am Drew Cali and on Instagram at I am Drew Cali. You can find other things. And uh, I do a live every Thursday morning. I do a live uh, broadcast called Press Pause, where either I have guests on or I do readings or um, we talk about topics and I do Q and A and I call it like, um, you know, my no, no BS spiritual conversation <laughs> because there's Excellent. just so much stuff out there. So, and I just really appreciate you for having me on and your show and for what you do. And I really, uh, I really respect you and I just appreciate the, the space. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for being part of this space. Uh, all right. Well, I will put all of that information in the show notes. So if you want to know more about Drew and the work that he does in the world, uh, go ahead and check him out. Drew, thank you so much. I hope you have an thank amazing you. day. You too. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the interview, y'all. My favorite thing, or, or one of my favorite things, I guess, was when he said that a spirit guide might even be a future version of you or your highest self. That really resonated with me because, of course, I love the idea of my higher consciousness reaching out to help me find my way. And I agree with him. Getting quiet and listening to what comes without forcing it or demanding it from your guides or from the universe is the best way to get a deeper understanding of ourselves and the world. Check the show notes for links to more about Drew and also to follow your chakra coach on Instagram and Facebook. I would love to connect with you there. If you're enjoying the show, drop by the Patreon page and consider supporting the podcast and being a part of creating it every week. Until next time, 
Enjoy your meditating, your praying, and your walk and talks. I love you all. Bye.